Done stun. I stunned Bruce last week after church because I felt bad because I could tell he felt bad. So um, my name is Shauna, and like I say every week that I'm up here, I'm just a regular old person from this church, right? I'm not a pastor or anything like that. Um, but today I do get to speak, which is super exciting for me. And you know, the crazy thing is that, um, would you guess, I used to hate speaking in front of people. Like, well, I'm feeling it right now a little bit. My teeth are starting to tingle. It reminds me of junior high, um, but we're going to be okay. So um, how about if we pray first? Yeah, because you all know already I need it. <laughs> Lord, thanks for this time. And um, Father, I just ask that, that our hearts would be open to receive your word, that you would guide me, that you would speak through me. Lord, that your people would hear your word and what each of them needs to hear individually. Father, that you would filter my words. That your spirit would have its way here. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, I'm kind of used to talking to people now. I... Um, have been a young life leader. I'm not right now currently, but I've been a young life leader. And let me tell you, if I had my way, and if it was at Young Life, I'd be like, okay, come on in, right here. But you're grown up since I don't think I can do that. Darn it. Um, and I have to say, I'm super excited because I have a row of friends who came to support me. And can you guys all give them a hand? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I hardly told anybody that I was speaking today. Um, I told my girls group, and, um, and then my friend Jan happened to be coming to town, and I'm like, well, I have to speak at church, so I don't know when I'm going to see you. She's like, oh. So anyway, I have a crowd, which is exciting. Where do I begin? Oh, I should open my notes. Um, so I don't really have slides today for a reason. Because I'm, I'm speaking to myself. Like, when I'm out there, I don't like to be distracted between what the person is saying here and what the slide is saying up there. Sorry, Dusty. So I'm just going to do it like I do it, right? So, um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. <clears throat> I was born a long time ago. Um, and I, uh, my parents got together... Um, anybody old enough to have cruised the Ave before? Yes. Like when it was legal, you could do it anytime you wanted to. Yes. So my parents met on the Ave. It's true. And um, my mom was in beauty school. And my mom was a beauty school dropout because of me. <laughs> so anyway, they got pregnant. <clears throat> And they weren't married, but, you know, they decided that they would get married. They wanted to get married. They weren't pushed into it. Um, and even though they were pretty freaked out at first, they were pretty excited as well. Um, the freaked out part was if my grandma found out before they got married. Um, but anyway, my parents are both firstborns, and I'm a firstborn. And I don't know if you know what that means or not. To me, what that means is that... Um, 
what does that mean? I've forgotten all of a sudden what that means. To me, what that means is also, my parents are um, very independent, pretty darn stubborn, hard-headed. Do you understand me now? That's me. It comes naturally. If you only knew me 25 years ago, right, Kelly? <laughs> my friends didn't know what to think of me when they first met me. So I grew up, um, my parents divorced when I was five. Um, I was the first, and two years later, my brother was born. And my parents divorced when I was five. So I pretty much grew up in a single home. I was really blessed um, in most people's eyes. My dad, um, I didn't see this as a blessing growing up, just telling you. My dad um, stayed involved. My dad, even though he moved across the mountains, he had us every other weekend, and he had us half of every summer. And my dad drove me crazy, so I'm not saying I really liked it, but boy, do I appreciate it now. Um, and my parents were amazing also because they figured out how to parent us well, and not split, you know? They allowed us to love each of them. Um, and so I'm really, really, really blessed with that. But my parents were not Christians. I did not grow up in a Christian home. <clears throat> they would say they were Christians. And so, you know, I don't know their hearts. But I did not grow up in a Christian home. What I knew about God was that <clears throat> he had something to do with Easter and Christmas. That's it. That's all I knew. Um, so I knew he was there. Um, when, when I was in the fifth grade, my best friend Shelly, which I really hoped she would surprise me and show up today, but she didn't. She takes really good care of her mom, and she takes her mom to church every single week at the church that her mom loves, even though she doesn't like it. She's a super good person. Anyway, her mom encouraged her to invite me to church. And so I started going to a small church, Broadway Christian Church. If any of you are old enough to remember that church. Oh, yeah, Jan went there, too. <laughs> but we didn't really know each other very much then because, can I say? Because she was wild. <laughs> and they made her move to the other class because they didn't want us to get tainted by her. <laughs> we became fast friends when we met as adults a handful of years ago. So I go to this church, and I sit down in um, the class, youth group or Sunday school, I don't know what, and they're talking about looking up this verse or that verse or what this person did or that person did, and I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the books of the Bible. Did you know, did you know that there is a play in the Bible? You're all going, huh? Right? I really thought there was. Because the way Song of Solomon was written, I thought it was a play. <laughs> I know, that's how much I knew. Anyway, so um, our, this church was amazing. The pastor was also the youth pastor. We would go to church camp every summer. Um, it was incredible. We had people from different places around. Incredible youth leaders. Um, our pastor took us on like five-day hikes. True. Backpacks, tents, however many of us kids, and a few adults. It was really fun and hard. I remember being really tired. 
and they would have to unpack about half the stuff that I put in my thing because, you know, you shouldn't really take makeup when you go backpacking. <sighs> but I'm glad they unpacked it before we left. <laughs> so anyway, one year at church camp, I decided that I wanted to get baptized. And um, I had been learning about the Bible, and I had this great youth leader at camp. His name was Corey Giffey. I love him. He is like a big brother to me still today. He taught me so much. When I started reading the Bible, he would say, okay, mark the things that you have questions on, and then just ask me, and I'll tell you. So I asked him things like, why do they say she about, I think it was the church or whatever, you know, funny questions like that. Anyway, so I decided I wanted to get baptized. You had to have permission from a parent to get baptized. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm old, and this was before cell phones. So I start calling my mom, my mom's house phone, and I'm calling and I'm calling and I'm calling and I'm calling and I'm calling, and, I'm calling and nobody's picking up. I try my dad calling, nobody there. I don't know how long I tried calling for, but I had to call and I had to get permission. I finally got a hold of my mom pretty late in the evening and I said, Mom, I really want to get baptized. And she said, um, well, that's probably one of the most important decisions you'll make in your life. And I want you to wait and make sure it's really what you want to do. And that was really hard for me. I'm like, oh, I really want to get bad. But, you know, God spoke to my heart, and he said, essentially, I don't know how he spoke to my heart. I don't remember. I don't remember if somebody said this or if I heard it within me. But God knows my heart. God knows my heart. He knows what I wanted to do. And he's not going to hold this against me. If I die before I um, get baptized, I'm pretty sure I'm still going to go to heaven. Right now, I know you probably don't even have to get baptized to go to heaven, um, but I didn't really know that then. So I said, okay. So what I did is I made a commitment at camp to all the campers. I made a commitment that I was going to start to live as though I'd been baptized. And so I think I was like the eighth grade. It's so weird. I don't know exactly what grade it was. Eighth, ninth, somewhere in there. So I... Um, began to read the Bible in Genesis. And I said, I'm going to read the Bible every single day, and I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to work on being a better person. That's all I knew. That's all I knew that I thought probably I was supposed to do. Nobody really told me that. So I started reading the Bible every single day. I didn't understand it. Oh, my gosh. Do you understand the Old Testament very well? <laughs> Probably not until about the third time you read it, I think. Maybe I started getting it. But I did it faithfully, kind of like Tammy talked about last night, right? Or last week. So I did it faithfully, and I prayed. And I came across this scripture where Solomon um, was offered anything. And he said, what I want is wisdom. And God said, that is the best thing you could ask for. It's like, hmm. Well, I'm reading the Bible. I'm not really understanding it very well. Maybe I should start praying for wisdom. So then, every time I would read my Bible, I would pray for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Help me understand what I'm reading. 
And I still do that. I mean, sometimes I have to remind myself, don't just do it without thinking, you know, like one of those habits. But wisdom, boy, we need wisdom. So as I'm reading my Bible, um, I come across this scripture that I fell in love with. And I don't know why. Actually, I think I do know why I fell in love with it. Um, and so Corey, my, he, wasn't my, he wasn't my youth pastor. He's from the west side, okay? But he was a youth leader at that camp, and we kept in touch. Um, and he really challenged me to find scripture to memorize. When we were at church camp, we would memorize little scripture, right? Like probably my first one was, the Bible is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and whatever else it says. Right? I have a horrible memory. Not very good at memorizing. So I came across this scripture, and I was like, Corey, I love this scripture. I think I want to memorize it. He's like, okay, let's do it. I'll memorize it with you. I don't know how long it took me. I'm sure it was months. I'm going to read you that scripture. It's funny. When people say, let's go to Romans 12, I'm like, yes, they're going to read my scripture. And it's never my scripture. It's always the first half. My half is the second half. And here's what it says. And so I'm reading from the NIV because that's what I read when I was a kid. So I couldn't read it out of my new Bible because it's a different version, which is weird to me, even though it's good. So it says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor each other above yourselves. Now I have to peek. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Of course, I had to ask some questions. What does fervor mean? I don't remember what he said, but be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. As I was reading, I'm not done yet, but as I was reading this this morning to remind myself, I'm like, wow, God, you have really worked on me on that one. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I kind of like this part. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Isn't that nice? I kind of like that. Like, we can let go and let God do that stuff. It's probably better than me poking somebody's eye out. <sighs> On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, I kind of like this too, you will heap burning coals upon his head. I don't know why I like these things. I know you're getting just pictures into my inner being. 
Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Somebody asked me one day, why do you really like that scripture? And at the time I said, I don't really know. I just do. And then as I read it now, it's like, oh, hello. This is like how we're supposed to live, right? It's pretty cut and dry. And it's not too hard. Well, I mean, it is hard. But I mean, there's pieces in there where we can go, okay, I can let God take care of my enemy, right? Because it says he will repay. Maybe you're not like that. Anyway, so I worked on memorizing that scripture. Um, so, oh, so I grew up um, looking and controlling for my world. So even as a little girl in middle school, in junior say middle school now because that's what they call it. It was junior high. In junior high, I knew what I wanted for my life. I was going to, of course, finish high school, and then I was going to go to college, and I was going to get my degree, and I was going to become a counselor. At the time, I was going to become a school counselor, but, you know, that changed just a little bit. So I am a counselor, if you didn't know that. Um, and then I was going to get married, and then by the time I was 25, I was going to have a child, and that child was going to be a boy. And then five years later, I was going to have another child, only it was going to be twins and it was going to be girls because we all know that girls need a big brother. And then I was going to live happily ever after. Any of you guys ever plan like that when you were young? Is it, okay, not only me. Have you learned how to let go of it yet? Kind of. Okay, so... <laughs> I turned 24, and I was not anywhere near getting married. I tell you, 24 was the hardest birthday I've ever had, ever. I mean, it was great. My friends put on a great birthday party for me. All that was fun. I was planning my own birthday party, which happens from time to time. Right, Kelly? And then um, my roommate... Um, put on this big surprise party. It was awesome. But I was 24, and I wasn't anywhere near getting married, and this was really screwing up my plans. Had a couple guys who I kind of liked, kind of dated a couple times. Guy from college kind of was showing up on the scene. I'm like, all right, which one's it going to be? If you ask my mom, she'll say, Shauna can make anything happen. So I decided which one that I was going to date. It was probably the wrong choice. Sorry. I'm not going to talk perfectly about him. I'm sorry if I laugh, but he's dead now, which is true. I know that sounds really bad, but it kind of makes me feel like I can say what I want to say. <laughs> anyway, so I pursued this guy. And um, just a couple weeks before I turned 25, I got married. Shock of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, not what I would recommend. Don't make your life happen like you think your life is supposed to happen. God had nothing to do with that. And people knew that. And I knew that. At the time, I was part of Vineyard. It was early days, Vineyard. It was when Harvey Ham was the pastor. 
Harvey had a reputation. His reputation was for breaking up couples who weren't supposed to get married. I insisted I was not going to do marriage counseling with Harvey Ham. Even though the person who was going to marry me, Don Stuber, who is a young life guy who I adore, said, hey, Shauna, I want you guys to do marriage counseling with Harvey Ham. I don't really have time for that. I said, no, Don, can't do that. I really want to do marriage counseling with you. So I knew this wasn't of God because there was a day where uh, we were having a worship till you drop. And as we were singing and praising, I wasn't praying necessarily for anything. All of a sudden, God said, get out of this relationship. I knew exactly what he was talking about. I sat my butt down in the pew, and I said, what in the world am I going to do? And I did break up with him for a while. So, during my time in that marriage, I was just saying to my friends um, that I'm so blessed by that. Because of that marriage, I met people who have really taken me through life. I met this group of women who I met because my husband was invited on all their husband's softball team. All their husbands were Christians. All those couples were Christians. I was still a very strong Christian. I just didn't really know how to put my own will aside. Um, and one of the guys, Wayne Purdom, who many of you know, invited my husband to be a part of it because they went to high school together and because they had an ulterior motive and they really wanted my husband to become Christian as well, which I thought he had when we were dating because there's no way that I was going to marry somebody who was not a Christian. I found out about three months into our marriage that that was all just for me. But, you know, it doesn't really surprise me. I can make anything happen. And that kind of sucks. So anyway, one day one of the ladies in the softball accountability group of women says, Sue, I'm going through some really hard stuff. Please, some prayer. By the way, she made sure, she told me to check, make sure my zipper was zipped today. So that just reminded me. Um, I know. You know why? I think it was last week or the week before when I was up on worship and I went home to go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, my zipper was down the whole time. All right, back to my story. Anyway, so, so my zipper is up. I'm dressed. So one of the girls said, I need prayer. So we all got together and we prayed together. And as we did that, essentially, she told her story, and we prayed for her, and then we all started telling our story. We all started talking about where we were in life. 
And so we shared the hard stuff. Like, I knew a couple of the ladies, kind of. I knew them all, kind of. Not really. But it just felt so safe. And so here I was in this marriage that was really hard. And um, I confessed that. And I can't say we did the greatest of, like, okay, Shauna, what's the right thing to do? Sometimes it was like, ugh, those guys. Uh. But we grow. <laughs> we grow. So um, anyway, this accountability group started. None of us had kids yet. Um, that's, it was a long time ago. It was 25 years ago. Let's just say it. It was 25 years ago. And we started meeting every single week to share our lives, to figure out how to try and hold each other accountable, and to pray for each other. And they've taken me through a lot. God in them has taken me through so much life. Uh, we did end up getting a divorce five years after we got married. The last year was pretty hard. All through the marriage, I was pretty sure, um, just in my gut, that he was unfaithful. Um, he had some addiction issues as well. I say this not to say anything bad about him, but I say this because I hope some young people will hear me. Um, he had an addiction to pornography. And um, I can tell you that'll kill a wife. And it'll probably kill you too. So I just want to encourage people to be aware of where you're putting your eyes and your heart and to get some help. Because if you're in that place, trust me, you're not the only one. And it's not only men, men or women. So anyway, um, but the beautiful thing also that happened during that last year of my marriage is that I really hunkered down with God. I was having my quiet times. I was reading Oswald Chambers, um, which, oh my gosh, so good. Um, God was speaking to me. I had a journal with me all the time. I learned what it was like to pray without ceasing. I prayed all the time. God, what is going on here? What am I supposed to do? What is going to happen? And God spoke to me in my dreams. God spoke to me through the word of God, through my devotional. God spoke to me in my prayers. God spoke to me. <laughs> I lived in Selah at the time. And I'm driving into Selah, and all of a sudden, I notice this billboard I've never noticed before. And at the same time, a song came on that said exactly what was on the billboard. And it said, now is the time. I'm like, I think that's from God. So I wrote it in my journal. I kept writing all these things in my journal. God never said, go get a divorce. He did not. But what I felt like he was saying is, you're going to. It's going to happen, but I'm going to take care of you. So anyway, I, don't, I didn't really mean to stay with that so long. We did end up getting a divorce after five years. I did find out that he uh, had what I had thought all along that he had been um, seeing somebody else. And, um, and that was the thing that my pastor said to me. 
which my pastor at the time was Wayne Purdom. I went and talked to him and Connie one day, and I said, look, this is everything I've been writing in my journal. I think I'm supposed to get a divorce. And they're like, but is he having an affair? I don't know. I think he has, but I don't know. He says no. Then, Shauna, you probably shouldn't be getting a divorce. <gasps> okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. So that happened. Well, so then, thankfully, we did not have children. I had to really pray about the idea that I might never have kids. And that was super hard for me. So I prayed about um, letting that go. And because I knew I had to let that go, or else I would marry somebody else just to have kids. <laughs> right? So I had to let that go. So... Um, I did. I did end up um, getting remarried. And somebody asked me last week, I think it was, Shauna, are you married? So I guess not all of you know, I am. This is my wedding ring. I am married. My anniversary is on Wednesday. 20 years. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> so... Um, um, when I married my husband, whose name is Greg, um, he started saying something that my ex-husband used to say, and it kind of freaked me out. Because when my first husband said it, I just thought, whatever. But um, the term was control freak. I'd heard that from my ex. You're a control freak. I was like, hello, Mr. Firstborn, stubborn-headed, all that stuff. Like, you're not. Um, so I didn't really want to look at it too closely for myself. But then my second husband said, you're a control freak. I'm like, oh, shoot. I am the common denominator here. Why, God? Why? Why? Um, so really, in the first year of marriage, I kind of really messed things up because I tried to control things because that's what I do. Um, so I'm just going to back up a little bit. When I was young, um, I wasn't really allowed to have much of a voice. Um, my parents are great parents, but they... They were pretty firm, my mom especially, very firm. And if you disagreed, you disagreed. Uh, no, sorry, if you disagreed, you were in big trouble. That's not how it happened. Um, so, and my little brother, who was born two years after me, um, when I was born, when my mom was pregnant with me, you know what she wanted? A boy. She wanted a boy. She wanted a whole baseball team full of boys. She did not want a girl. When I was born, my doctor said, uh, Pat, she's a girl. Do you want me to put her back? I know, kind of sad and funny, right? She said, oh, no, we'll keep her. It's okay, we'll keep her. So somehow within me, I started to believe that I was not good enough. Two years later, when my little brother was born, 
My grandma says, Shauna, you were just the most bubbly little girl. Can you imagine that, right? I would be a bubbly little girl, right? I'm probably really outgoing. I'm probably like, right? Because that's me. Um, she says, you were this bubbly little girl. And then Shane came home, and you just went off in the corner and watched. And I think my little spirit knew, there's the boy. And once again, I'm not good enough. And let me tell you, I, that has nothing to do with my parents. That has to do with the enemy. The enemy is out to kill and steal and destroy. And he will put beliefs within us through our circumstances to make us believe that there is something wrong with us. That we are not good enough. Because you know what? If we are not good enough and God created us, we're eventually going to start questioning God. So, um, of course, my brother was amazing. I mean, if you've met my brother, you know he's amazing. He is sweet. He would give you the shirt off his back. He's a pain in the butt. We fought all the time. But he was smart, like super smart. He never cracked a book, and he would get A's, maybe a couple B's. I studied all the time. I got B's, maybe a couple A's. You know, I sing, right? Oh, no, my brother can sing better than me. I used to babysit. My brother babysat better than me. I am not an athlete. My brother is. Um, now, nobody was telling me these things. I just observed. I remember going down into the desk where my mom kept all of our report cards and comparing like third grade to third grade, because I thought, he's probably just smarter than me because I've taught him so much. No, <laughs> he's just smarter than me. And it's okay. It's okay now. I love my brother. He was a pain growing up. But I've learned now, since we've been able to talk about it, that all he wanted was for me to love him. But don't we not get that? as big sisters and big brothers, I wasn't really taught the importance of loving my sibling. What I was told was, what'd you do? Work it out. What'd you do? So anyway, I grew up believing I was not enough, not good enough. I did not know that. But what it made me do is I learned how to control as much as I could in my world so that nobody would know that I was not good enough. So I would not take risks. So if we were playing sports like a Young Life group or church group or whatever, I was a good cheerleader. Well, for one, because I'm afraid of the ball too. But I'm just saying it's because it will probably hit me and hurt me. Um, so I grew up not taking risks. But also making things happen that I knew that I wanted to have happen. So, when, so now I'm going to move forward again. When I was pregnant with my son, Gannon, my son's name is Gannon, 
because we're Raiders fans. I don't know if you know that or not. My husband's been a Raiders fan since he was a little boy. It really has nothing to do with the Seahawks. He just is loyal to the core and does not switch over. So my son's name is Gannon. When I was pregnant with Gannon, we weren't finding out what we were having. Um, I was invited up to this. I think Kelly, maybe, I think Kelly went with me. But um, there was this one-day retreat up in the mountains at this person's cabin. It was really cool. Were you there? You think so? Okay. Um, and they were talking about how we believe what we think and what we do. And um, in the what we do's, what came up is control. I'm like, ooh, there's that word. There's that word, control. And what it said was, what she said was, if you control, you probably have fear. You probably have fear of man. I'm like, I love people. I'm not afraid of people. And then we were sent to pray and journal. And what I realized is that I was constantly, constantly afraid of what people thought of me. Constantly. By the way, I was 34 years old when I figured that out. So you all knew me, a lot of you. Some of you knew me. So I always lived about and worrying about what people thought about me. So I started on this journey of letting go of control. Because what I realized is I am going to mess up my family. Because if I control everything, that's going to suck for my child. And it kind of it already did for my husband. Let's just be honest. <laughs> So my dear cousin, um, she, we both like to read, and she said, one day they came to visit, and she said, Shauna, I came across this book. I really want to read it, but I think you need it more. And I don't remember the title of it, but it was about letting go of control. <laughs> I tell you, that book started to revolutionize my life because it showed me all the different ways that I was controlling. Oh my gosh. Like when somebody's driving and you just got to tell them which way they got to go or which parking lot is the best one, parking space is the best one to take. Or if you're going to pay your bills on time, which was a big problem in our house. <sighs> because I like to have the bills paid on time. And I like to have money in the bank. And my husband might just be a little bit the opposite. Just saying. It's not that he doesn't like to pay his bills on time. He does. But sometimes when you first open a business, when you first start a business, which is also where we were, when we first got married, the first year, our first child was our business. That's messy. So one of the things that I did is I gave over our finances. Because what I realized is looking at our finances and seeing things that were late and asking my husband for the money that he did not have because we needed to pay the bills was going to kill our relationship. 
it probably already did. And so I just knew I had to give that up. It was one of the things that was suggested in the book. And the lady was like, well, what, with, what if a bill doesn't get paid? And I'm thinking that same thing. What if a bill doesn't get paid? And that happens sometimes. And she said, well, then when the person comes to your door to shut off whatever, you just call your hubby and say, so this person's here and they want to shut off the water. What? What? Is that okay? What do you want me to do? I'm like, okay, I can do that. And guess what? I had to do that one time. It's okay. And I learned how to say, it's okay. We'll get through it. Man, that's opposite me. That's opposite me. But God was working on me. It took me seven years, seven years, before I realized nobody's called me a control freak in a while. I know. Wow, is right. Seven years. Things don't turn around fast all the time. Right? we got to be patient with ourselves and persistent, not give up. Okay. So you guys are all buckled in for a couple more hours, right? <laughs> so one year, my friends and I, we were headed up to Malibu. Anybody familiar with Malibu? Young Life Camp up in Canada. The most glorious, beautiful place in the whole wide world as far as I know. I haven't traveled much, but it is. Kelly and I were going... I don't remember who, and this is the year that we met Jan. Um, so we're heading up there, and we're staying in these little cabins before we catch the boat to go to Malibu, because you can only get to Malibu by seaplane or boat. You cannot drive to Malibu. That's probably why it's so beautiful. And I was having my quiet time and reading my Bible, and I don't know if I was reading through it or what I was doing, how I came across this scripture, um, but I came across this scripture. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Why have I never noticed this before? And I think sometimes that translations open doors. I think sometimes too that time opens doors. I'm sorry, I'm going to take a drink. I'm getting really dusty. Okay, so I know that Tammy took a little out of this scripture too. So it's Psalm 139, and I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to listen. It says, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. Well, I knew that. You know when I sit or stand, when far away, you know my every thought. You chart the path ahead of me. And tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. And he still loves me. That's me. That's not what it says in the Bible. Because um, I have very little filter. It's getting better. You both precede me and follow me. And place your hand of blessing on my head. I love that. 
I love that. God has gone before me, and he's got my rear guard, and he's got his hand upon my head. Wow, that's an amazing thing to keep in mind when you're having tough stuff. I'm going to keep going. This is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the morning winds of the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. If I try to hide in the darkness, the night becomes light around me. For even darkness cannot hide from God. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are both alike to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I so resonate with that. I am complex. I am a complex individual. My husband has told me many times. I do not understand you, Shauna. It's true. I'm pretty sure my friends have said that too. Why does she look at me like that? Why did she say that? She's so mean. I thought she was nice. It's amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous. Oh my gosh. His workmanship is marvelous. Do you guys hear that? We are his workmanship. You are his workmanship. And it's marvelous. I'm not a mistake. I'm not not good enough. I am marvelous. I am wonderfully and complexly made because that's how he wants me. And you, however he made you, it's probably not as messy as me, but it might be someday. You were there while I was being formed in utter seclusion. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Do you hear that? We were not a mistake. He knew it beforehand. Every day was recorded in your book. Okay, listen. How precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I awaken in the morning, you are still thinking of me. Now, that's the scripture that was like, wait a minute, I've never read that before. All right, ladies. Oh, maybe guys did it too, but I kind of doubt it. Do you remember when you were a little girl and you had a crush on a boy? And you would pick like a daisy kind of flower. And you would do this. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. And when you would get to the last petal, you would have to decide, does the center part count? What do I want it to really say? Did you guys do that too? Yes. Okay. So did you boys do that too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So what I realized, two things 
I realized this is like me picking a flower and talking about Jesus and doing it like this. He loves me. 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 And it doesn't matter which way I end. He loves me. The other thing in this scripture that made me think about is my dad, when he would bring us home um, from our weekends, he would tuck us in. Usually by that time I was angry with him because we were late and mom was mad because we were late because, you know, it's Sunday night. You got to get to bed. But my dad would come and tuck us in. So we'd go home and we'd get on our jammies at our mom's house and my dad would come and tuck us in. And as much as my dad was annoying, that was pretty sweet. And I do like that memory. But that scripture makes me think about when it says, uh, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I awaken in the morning, you are still thinking of me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's like he tucked me in and he stayed there all night long watching me sleep. That's not good. That's God. That's our God. So I've I've learned about God and his love for me. Like, isn't this scripture so different from the Romans 12 one? So different. They're both amazing but it's so important for us to know how much God loves us, just as we are, just as we are. I can be a mess. I am a mess, and it's okay. I'm not apologizing for that. I would have in the past. I might forget my crap. In fact, I had a dream that I did. I forgot my notes, and it was time to preach. Obviously, I don't need my notes very badly, because I know my life. But nonetheless, it kind of freaked me out. Um, I can forget things. I can impact people sometimes in negative ways. And I can be sorry for that. And I can say that I'm sorry for that. I don't want to impact people in negative ways. But God still loves me. And I can still be okay. And that is so important. I cannot say that enough, you guys. For you to know that God made you with your whatever crazy idiosyncrasies that you might have. And you walked through a life where you made your own choices, just like me. And he still loves us. And he will still use that. And he will still grow us into who he's created us to be. Can I get a hallelujah? Thank you. Let me see what I'm missing. Oh, just two more hours. So here's the deal. I want to teach you guys a little trick. 
Um, this trick is not a trick, right? We need to remember to pay attention to God. And God speaks to us through his word, and God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, which might mean through people or things or whatever. Um, the other thing is, is what I learned, what I've learned in the last couple of years is that um, I have to retrain my brain. Our brains are wired based on how we think. So when I realized that I believe that I'm not good enough, and my way to manage that is either to control or withdraw or blame. Those are, I know, they're ugly. Those are kind of my ways. Um, so when I believe that I'm not good enough and one of those coping kinds of things come up, I have to remember what my truth is. My truth is that God loves me so much. And I'm wonderfully and complexly made, just like he wanted me to be made. And so when I know my truth, I can act differently. I used to at first just pretty up my own behaviors, because withdrawing is much prettier than controlling. <laughs> Um, but I can actually be encouraging and supporting and loving and accepting and patient and kind. There was a year I said, I don't think I have a kind bone in my body. Right? It was Jan and Kelly, my other accountability group, who heard that. I don't think I have a kind bone in my body. But that was the word that God gave me for the year. I kind of think I'm all right now. I'm a little kinder most of the time. Okay, so we're going to take communion. I love communion because God said, Jesus said, take this bread and this juice in remembrance of me. And I, how I learned how to do it is to sit and be still for a bit and pray and ask God. And what I do is I, I recognize those ways that I've lived not by God's way in the last week or so or however long. I recognize the, those things. I lay them out before God, which he already knows. And I say, I'm sorry. Help me to do better. And thank you for what all you've done for me, which is what we're doing, right? When we take the bread and the juice, we're remembering what Jesus did for us. So I would just like to give you a moment just to be still and quiet before you come up to get the bread and the juice. And I would like you to just spend a moment with Jesus, remembering, asking that forgiveness thanking him for what he's done. And then whenever you're ready, come on up and get your bread and your juice. The one over on the side there is gluten-free if you need that. And take it in remembrance of him and all he's done for you. So I'm just going to be silent for a minute.
triggered something for you that you recognize that you would like prayer for, we would love to pray for you. You can feel free to grab somebody around you if it's uncomfortable for you to come up front. Um, But if I could get a little bit, a couple of the ministry team up who, uh, you know, would like to pray this morning. If none of them come up, it's okay. I'll pray. And if you would like to come forward for prayer, because you recognize some of the stuff is, um, is a part of what you've struggled with, we would love to pray for you. Otherwise, it's time to quietly get your kiddos, and you can leave at your leisure. And thank you so much for listening to me. And I'll be preaching for the next 10 Sundays because I have more to say. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But please, come up for prayer if you would like that. Thank you.